You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Said the night wind to the little lamb, Do you see what I see? Up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. With a tail as big as a kite. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour this Saturday evening, December the 16th, and we're going to have a little fun this hour, getting everybody into the Christmas spirit as best we can. Going to give you behind-the-scenes look at how the Christmas spirit is manifesting in the hearts and homes of some of our regular listeners and guests, and I guess the purpose of this hour is just going to be to show you how truly wonderful the Men and women who appear on this program are, and the audience that supports the work of this program are, and how it all ties together. We use the word a lot. It's not cliche. Uh, we really are a family here, and uh, I've got some of my family here, too. In fact, uh, the very woman who helped me uh, build the family, and that's my wife. It is her birthday. We are live. It is her birthday. Happy birthday again. I do not like the attention. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here tonight. It wouldn't have I been right you. not to uh, be with you on your birthday, so you just decided to come to work. We were going to, I mean, we always can tape shows in advance and things like that from time to time, but we have uh, uh, had a string of illnesses in our family, and we've had to take off and reschedule some things and anyway uh, we're still working through all of that but uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about I've been wanting to tell this story on the show for a, a couple of months now you came to me with an idea oh I don't know when it was early fall I guess and probably this summer late summer yeah. early fall anyway tell them what the idea was because we're still reaping the benefits of it well this year we decided to I always get in trouble for not having this microphone. Well, so does Keith. <laughs> I got it. Tell him what I the, lost my train of thought after all, all of right, that. This but, project for school. So um, we decided to do exploring countries and cultures this year. And um, since you know so many people, um, we decided to send out um, a letter to some of these people in different countries um, just asking for a small token from their country or just to let the kids have an experience from somewhere different. So it's like an immersive... So, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Well, it's like a, to further complement the studies that the kids were having of, of these countries. So they're studying the culture, landscape, animals, climate, <coughs> politics of some of the different countries around the world. And to have a little more, yeah, hands-on, immersive yeah. type of learning experience. Uh, to really experience. My it. wife had the idea of, hey, you know a lot of people in a lot of different countries. Can you send out a letter and 
ask them to participate in this. So so I did, and I you know it, I didn't realize how long it took for <laughs> mail to get here from a different country. I mean, I knew it was it took some time, but I didn't realize how long it actually took. Well, to, to give you one example, folks, Jonas Nielsen, who was our guest on the show last week, he sent something in uh, for this project on October the 5th, and it got delivered right. this week. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was postmarked October 5th. But, but, uh, but I, The people who've participated, though, and the people who've answered our call, it, it has been... Overwhelming. Yes. I, I, I had asked these guys, and I'm talking about regular people who appear on this program as guests during March Around the World. I'll, I'll give you some, some, some I names. Think I get just as excited to have these packages <laughs> arrive, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness, we got something from Australia, and I just cannot wait to, to get to that country and really dive into what these packages contain. It's so cool. Well, see, I just sent a simple letter saying, hey, you know, uh, we're my wife's doing this study of different countries with the kids and you know is there any way you could send a little note about your country maybe some brochures some literature but they're going a postcard a souvenir some maps something like yeah. that something I, and I, I i put this into the letter anything you can think of that would either be free or very inexpensive that you could fit in a small envelope and send to us and these guys and i'm talking drew fraser from australia tom sunich from croatia sasha rossmuller from germany uh, his is in the mail right now. We got it uh, from Canada. Remy Tremblay, Paul from. They sent the sweetest notes, and they put so much thought and effort into these things I, for they, our children. They did. They did. And the kids have learned so much, and it's so fun to have such a hands-on experience from friends and family um, that really care about about our homeschooling journey. And and if this if this does not make you excited about homeschool, I don't know what doesn't. But so I'm. <laughs> totally for homeschooling and if if y'all have any questions or anything i i totally think that everybody should homeschool it's well, it's just the coolest journey and did you, people like nick griffin a former member of european parliament who's of course a good friend but he put so much thought into this he's been searching for a particular coin that he wanted to include in his package and uh, philip de winner's participating and then all of these people and i i think it's important to humanize yeah. these people because they're all everybody that i mentioned has been regularly well, number one, regularly featured on this program, uh, but uh, but also entirely attacked by by the media yeah. as these monstrous type of beings. And I, I think a segment like this certainly does show you the true character of these people. But it really wasn't just the the intended purpose to to humanize them. I just I just want you to know how great that these men They're are. Really we, we, kind of pour into our children. All of us really are a family. Yeah. We are a family with our guests who are really friends, and certainly our audience, which are. Uh, friends and even more than that, you know, certainly family. But yeah, I mean, all of the stuff of Canadian businessmen, we can't mention his name, but he lives in uh, Western uh, uh, Canada. He sent in a wonderful package. Uh, just some of the things that they've included are like little treats for the kids, the, the currency that they have there, um, like soaps or um, bath things. I, I, they sent Isabel um, some... Um, a hat for Henry, just really cool, cute little things that, that they've never seen. Maps of their um, country, um, just detailed information. and it's, it, it's, it is, it is cool to see you and the kids. Letters get from their children. I mean, yeah, it's been really that, cool. I was going to say that. That's what Remy did. He had his children send yeah. art, you know, so own our, artwork, and, 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 they, and we're responding. Our kids are, yeah, our kids are so excited to write back and include a little something from here and 
you know, what we're about. Well, it's just become, it's really taken on a life of its own. Not only has it helped the learning thing uh, by yeah. a, able to get these items from these countries, but it's it's We've fostered a sense of togetherness and fellowship that's yeah. a very good, sense of community. We've gotten several recipes that the kids are lined up to do together as a family that I think that's going to be a really fun project to do. I was going to mention, you mentioned this a second ago, but it's fun to see you and the kids get around either the kitchen table or the coffee table and open this up because these guys are sending in much more than what I asked yeah. for. They're sending in huge boxes. And uh, Drew Drew Fraser from Australia, he sent in a, a nice handwritten postcard that was addressed to the kids. He sent in a book about Captain Cook for for our son. He sent in other stuff that was gender appropriate for our daughter. A uh, little map that pointed out where his house is. I mean, just, again, the thoughtfulness of these things. Your candy, pins, currency, wonderful samplings of these respective nations. And uh, I think at Christmas time, this is just a fun activity to, to have. And even though it was hatched earlier just this as, year, yeah. they're still coming in now, and it's really enhanced but even the Christmas But for them to spend experience. their time and effort onto our family just means a whole lot to me. That's right. But that's I'm, the kind of people yeah. we've got here at, at uh, associated with this Hello, effort. TPC we'll be right back. family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideology like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America. The New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Let the little lamb to the shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song. High above the tree With a voice as big as the sea With a voice as big as the sea Ladies and gentlemen, it is Christmas time, and uh, we're certainly feeling the Christmas spirit here at TPC. It is exhibited throughout our 
panel of guests, the hosting staff, the production crew, even our own audience. You know, we were talking in this last segment with my wife about how all of these wonderful guests who live abroad have been participating in this uh, study that we're doing with our kids of different countries and how they went above and beyond to send these incredibly thoughtful packages and these letters addressed to the kids that sort of break down the contents. And you just see this, again, the spirit of togetherness and fellowship, and it just really makes you proud to be associated with an endeavor such as this and to have fostered those relationships. We have got to stick together. We've got to know and believe in the good of our people and of our cause, and it is manifest within uh, the people that we are able to have the blessing of, of working with on this program, and uh, never more so than at Christmas time, I think. But uh, And it's also the audience, too. People donating to the Christmas fundraising drive saying, hey, here's a double donation. Give the incentive gifts to somebody else who wanted them but couldn't afford them. I know. I them. love it when that happens. I think <laughs> it's so sweet. You've seen that a couple of times here recently, yeah. and even in the last quarter, people were saying, hey, here's some extra money. Why don't you keep what you were going to send me? If somebody else wants it, send it to them. Or I already subscribed to the American Free Press, but I'm going to donate anyway. Give, give a, a subscription to somebody else. Who You see this all the time with our audience. Our people are not only good, they are the best people in the world. And we've got another sterling example of the kind of quality person we're talking about right now with uh, Lacey Lynn, our dear friend, is joining us. Lacey also sent in a package, but a very different kind. I know. And we just opened that, uh, what, earlier this week? Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Lacey? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Well, we're doing fantastic. I uh, don't want anybody to get jealous that Lacey sent us a gift. Oh, well, I mean, the <laughs> kind of gift she, <laughs> she sent. But we did get some homemade marshmallows dipped in peppermint, and I'm not going to lie, I ate every single one of yeah, them. Yeah, I got to tell you, Lacey, by the time I got home the day your box came, I found uh, the other contents, the wonderful candle, the elderberry syrup, the jam. But Danny described this stuff to me, but I couldn't. I said, well, where is that? I can't I find that. It. <laughs> I ate it all. <laughs> It was delicious. And well, beautiful. I'm glad y'all enjoy it. Yes, I'm glad y'all enjoy delicious. it. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad y'all enjoy it. And I, I wish that I could send to everybody. I guess I, I, I can't lie then because I, I guess I do have favorites. You have to pick somebody <laughs> to send to. Well, it was it was wonderful, and again, it's just a representation of what we're explaining to the audience this hour about just what a special. Uh, a, what a special group we have here that extends from the audience top to there's no top to bottom but i mean just throughout the spectrum everybody associated with this program what the listener or whatever just the best people i've ever met in life well anyway all that being said Lacey, i texted you uh, yesterday it's danny's birthday today saturday december 16th we're live and we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. But uh, I said, listen, just give me a segment, anything you want. And uh, I didn't um, ever follow up to see what you decided. So we'll find out together right now. What do you got? Oh, we know that's dangerous, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, what the, I've become so comfortable with you. You can do that. And I never have to recheck. It's all you always hit it out of the park. But I'm, I'm talking all over oh, you. So go. Okay. So happy birthday, Danny, by the way. Thank you. So wanted to wanted to say that. Um, I hope y'all have a wonderful celebration. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was I'm seeing this trend of of Christians opting out of of European, specifically European uh, holiday traditions. And they use the the reasoning being 
you know, Christianity, keeping Jesus at the, at the center of Christmas. And I, and of course I didn't ask y'all what your opinion about this was before. So, <laughs> so this could be, um, risky to bring up, but, um, but I think it's important to keep the traditions and, and I actually wanted to look at the Bible really quick. Uh, when we talk about, about holidays and traditions and food, um, kind of cultural things like that. Uh, one example here I find in Acts 20 when it talks about Paul traveling. So he had decided to sail past Ephesus so he didn't have to spend time in Asia so he could get back to Jerusalem specifically for Shabbat. Now, this was a Jewish holiday, religious holiday, and Paul obviously was not religiously Jewish anymore. It was a cultural holiday. And then we go back to uh, Colossians 2.16, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. So when we look at the Bible, obviously traditions are not a salvific issue. And I don't know about y'all, but I am just so tired of Christians using that as a cop-out to join the rest of the world and erasing European tradition. How about you? I agree 100%. So don't feel as though you went out on a limb with that one in any way. No, I say that all the time. And of course, the church appropriated some of the European traditions that had existed before Christianity uh, took the continent. And I don't have a problem with any of that at all. I mean, you know, Santa Claus isn't mentioned in the Bible and, you know, the things with the trees and a lot of the stuff. No, it's, I, think it's, I think it's perfectly fine to blend those things in because we do celebrate our cultural heritage along with our spiritual heritage. I mean, they, it, it, they both are important parts and what makes us who we are. And, no, I, I, I agree uh, 100%. And in fact, I, I, I get a little bit irritated, to be honest with you, when you have, and we were talking about this in the first hour, and I'll talk about it a little bit more with uh, Pastor Chuck Baldwin in the next hour, about how Christians will completely roll over and allow themselves to be entirely displaced, but then take a courageous stand against you know, Halloween or Santa Claus or something like that. So I mean, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, what's the matter with you people? You know, it's perfectly fine. Right, uh, right. I see the anti-Halloween stuff as well, and um, and actually that's how I kind of grew up. But over the last few years, we've been incorporating more um, traditional kind of like we do sometimes the the spooky like movie. I'm not talking about scary. We don't we don't do that just because of my comfort level. But um, but we do like Halloween Town or, you know, something like that. That's really cute and fun. But we do Halloween and we celebrate Halloween. We dress up and and we do do Santa Claus. And, you know, I just I have a a conviction that, you know, when people talk about convictions, it's usually in a religious context if you're if you're Christian. But I have a conviction to traditionalism and that philosophy and our European identity to do what kind of Edmund Burke was talking about when he was talking about the true social contract. It's between the social contract is between your ancestors and your descendants and that responsibility you have in between to honor both, to pass on traditions that you inherited from your ancestors to your descendants. And when I look at the Bible, I just don't 
see anything that condemns that or makes it a salvific issue. So, and, and I've seen this a lot with, with some Christians, they will disregard European traditions to specifically adhere to Jewish customs yep, and Holocaust. Now we're getting, yep, now you're going. Which, which is, it, it, that's just, that's just dishonest. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, of course, you know, because Jews aren't Christians either. So um, they complain about the, the pagan roots. And, and I'm like you, I, I don't, I don't find an issue with the pagan roots. And I, I know we can go back and forth. A lot of people can go back and forth on, on whether this specific tradition is um, Christian or pagan. And, you know, you get it every year, but, um, but I don't see that because something has pagan roots that as European Christians, we are asked to give away our cultural identity. I just don't see that. And then, and then, you know, those who rule over us, um, we're being asked to adopt their customs and traditions. And it's just a, it's a cultural takeover, is it not? Yeah. And they're not only not Christians, they are <laughs> entirely opposed to it and, and, and are its biggest enemies. Right. And yeah, I mean, of course, something in your ancestral memory is stirred at, at a harvest festival or, you know, hay rides and things like that in the fall, which was such an important time for our European forebears. And then, of course, but yeah, I mean, you know, talking about non-salvational issues, I mean, I agree. I mean, this it's just a matter of preference uh, in, in a grand scheme of things, but going out of your way to condemn things and make things, you know, sinful that are, in fact, not uh, is something extra. And Interesting message, Lacey, that you shared with us tonight as part of our uh, hour here with the the TPC ladies talking about Christmas. I really wanted to ask you what's on the menu for the Christmas gathering at your home, uh, but we'll have to save that for later. I know having been a dinner guest of yours before, it's going to be immaculate and fantastic. Thank you, Lacey. We'll talk to you again very soon, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. Saying, let's not miss this opportunity. The entire country is watching. Republican Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire took sides in the GOP presidential nomination race as he endorsed former ambassador to the United Nations and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was asked in a CNN town hall meeting last night in Iowa how he felt about a satanic Christmas display in the Iowa State Capitol building. And he just couldn't help but blame former President Donald Trump for it. Is that even a religion? And lo and behold, the Trump administration gave them approval to be under the IRS as a religion. Lawmakers who opposed the display have acknowledged that it is protected by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Police are leaving a major city that was actually known as the nation's murder capital. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has faced a lot of departures that it's struggling to replace. The department is budgeted for over 1,200 officers, but has over 300 vacancies right now. 
Tesla recalling more than 2 million vehicles across its model lineup to fix a defective system that's supposed to ensure drivers are paying attention when they use autopilot. That recall comes after a two-year investigation by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration into a series of crashes that happened while the autopilot partially automated driving system was in use. That recall covering nearly all of the vehicles Tesla sold in the U.S. and includes those produced between October 5th of 2012 and December 7th of this year. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, Do you know what I know? In your palace, warm mighty king, Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold, Let us bring him silver and gold. Ladies and gentlemen, so many different ways you can get into the Christmas spirit, hopefully over the course of the last couple of weeks and and, and continuing on next week when Pastor Brett McAtee will be back with us to share the biblical accounting of the birth of Christ. Uh, We have been helping you get into the Christmas spirit a little bit more here on TPC. This hour, uh, I I think, uh, has really been a good uh, effort at at doing so. Uh, But another way you can do it is there are some good Christmas movies out there. And to help us take a look at some of those, we have our regular contributors, well, two regular contributors, really, both of them, uh, Jack Ryan and Courtney from Alabama. Uh, They're going to be talking about it together, but first, Jack is going to make a recommendation, and it may be my quintessential recommendation of the season. Jack, tell us what it is, and hello to you, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and all of our listeners, and to Courtney from Alabama. I love her accent, and her children are adorable. I saw them when they've grown up a little bit uh, yesterday. Um, my recommendation is a, is a 2005 movie. It is a foreign movie. I think it's French, but it's uh, German, British, and has uh, lots of different actors. It is the Cruce, Christmas Truce of World War I, Joyeux Noël, uh, and it talks about the uh, Christmas Eve troops between the French, Scottish, they're British, but they're all Scottish, and Germans uh, on the trenches in the brutal times. That was probably the worst thing that white Europeans have ever done to each other, the World War I slaughters in the gas attacks in the trenches. Uh, and it, it just shows different 
uh, they sh- it starts off with the scenes of, of little children being fed propaganda that some other group of white European Christians or British Christians are their enemies and done bad things. Um, propaganda, as, as it's always done, uh, and then that people are kind of bored and they go into war is kind of exciting, but the modern war has become so dreadful with the technology and they're just locked down in the trenches. And these are regular people. They're not aristocrats. They're regular workers from France and from Britain and from Germany. Uh, and it, they're showing some of the br- brutality. But then so on the German side, they send some upper class opera singers. And this is in occupied France. So the land is French, but there's Prussians and, and uh, Scottish people coming in there and some very high class uh, opera singers from Berlin. Uh, one of the guy was drafted into the war and he first tries to sing to the aristocrats, including the Kaiser uh, royals. But then he goes in the tr- into the trenches with the regular people and he they, and they send they say, OK, and the troops are bad. They send him some Christmas trees, lights. And he just he starts singing the Christmas carols and the other people, and they're only like a 50 meters away. They hear Christmas uh, hymns that they that they know um, the uh, what, is, what is the main song? Um, Silent night. Uh, Silent night. And he they start singing it in German, and then they, they the and then the Scottish people know it very well, and they start uh, singing it in in English including a pastor, a Presbyterian Christian Scottish uh, pastor who can play the bagpipes. And the, the French know that true. And then it just, they start singing to each other and it sort of, the peace comes on of international Christian, European, white brotherhood. And then the, the guy, he, the, the uh, opera singer does even more than that. He gets out of the trench with a Christmas tree and starts singing to the other side. It just, it moves them. And they, despite what their officers are getting orders to stop fraternizing with the enemy, the um, everyone on all sides gets out and they start sharing pictures of their wives, yeah. children, and it, it is just beautiful. I've I've referenced that film before. I've never saw the whole one. I tried to watch it last night. I watched two thirds. I stopped. I just I when I could see what's coming that the truth is going to end, and I just couldn't I couldn't take it. I, I'll go back and see it, but it's just. It's so amazing. That is back in the day when people, all of these countries, societies were white, some type of European uh, and all Christian. And they even had common by birth blood related kings. The king of England, the Kaiser of Germany and on my side, the Russian czar were cousins and, and things like that. But these these just national rivalries and all kinds of things prompted them to wage a, a fratricidal white brother war against each other. That, and that's the, that is the worst. I mean, in many ways, our, our civilization has never recovered from World no, War I. Not, not well, the first uh, one and the second. And I, and I would just say, before right. we toss it to Courtney, we're going to skip this break. Uh, I want to stay with these two for the rest of the hour. We'll skip that third break. But uh, this it would have been an incredible story for a movie no matter what, but the fact that it really happened, I, I think, is right. really astounding. When the, everything that binds us together overcame uh, the manufactured differences, that that Christmas truce, uh, of course, was uh, a series of widespread. 
spread right. uh, but unofficial ceasefires along the western front around Christmas in 1914. Uh, in the week leading up to the holiday, you and it, the film depicts it well. This is a relatively new film. I think you said 2005, and I've seen it. It's right. very well done. German and British soldiers cross trenches to exchange seasonal greetings and, and talk, and in areas men from both sides ventured into no man's land on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to mingle and exchange food and souvenirs. And There were joint burial ceremonies and prisoner swaps, and they were singing carols together and playing football, which was uh, one of the most enduring images of the truths. And I think that, you know, at Christmas, if you have a Christmas prayer, pray that our people never go to war against one another again. And uh, it is right. in this spirit that we're offering, you know, TPC's Christmas fundraising incentive uh, with what that is with Harry Cooper and Shark Hunters. But, you know, I think one more thing I want to mention before we go to Courtney, and that was a fantastic uh, the, the, uh, opening uh statement jack about that that movie but december 16th is just another another terrible day in the history of western civilization it's so you know the uh, anniversary of the battle of the bulge uh it, it was on this day in 1944 that 200,000 german troops backed by 1600 guns and 350 tanks lost, uh, launched that last ditch uh, ardennes uh, offensive uh, and it was the the single bloodiest u.s camp uh, uh, uh campaign of world war ii the Battle of the Bulge, you know, fighting desperately uh, there they were. And, and that, that's the thing. These two, these two world wars, Courtney and Jack, heartbreaking because both sides so clearly lost those wars in catastrophic fashion. The Allies right. and the Axis, the very best and most fit of European mankind, were right. decimated, and it created a vacuum that has been filled by the weak and the timid and the apologetic, and we are suffering for it Or just uh, the mightily. The Bolsheviks took, did, a, did a communist coup in, in Christian Russia a hundred years ago, and, and uh, those things happen. And these are these are not pacifist Christians that are in there. They're not gay feminist Christians. These are tough Scottish and German and French guys that are fight, and they know they can respect that people. And then that for a little time they recognize, and it's more the working class. These are, there's a one or two upper class people in there but usually they're the, they're the professional militaries like we've got to do the orders and stuff but it's it's the people in the trenches and yeah, that's the, right. the upper class guys are, are are back drinking champagne they're not at the front and it is what happens now it's like the rich people and it's not just this ethnic banking j people that do it that these rich people think war is fun let's promote it but the bushes and these families they never actually go into trenches and fight no, those kind no, of people. No, sure that's they don't. absolutely ridiculous uh, all but right they, let's sorry. yeah no, I just want to toss it up to Courtney. We've kept her on ice long enough, and uh, I want to give her a shot uh, equal to what you had there, Jack, uh, to talk about movies and Christmas, and just as Lacey did in the last segment. Courtney, really, any way you want to take it. You're always so well-prepared as well. Take it away, and then we're going to skip this break, so we're not going to take time away from y'all, uh, and then uh, allow the two of you to engage in a little discussion about Christmas movies and Christmas spirit and all of that stuff. Thank you, and uh, yeah, I, I would like to add on to uh, what Jack uh, was just talking about. Um, yeah, you know, I, I talk on the show a lot about how I really value the diversity of Europeans, like whether, you know, whether it's French people or English or Russian or Polish or German, Italian or Southern or, you know, whoever. I think our diversity within our within the, you know the European people. I think it just makes us so wonderful. And 
I love to see the differences preserved, but at the same time, I, I definitely know, and I, I definitely do not ever want to see us go to a war like that again. Um, and so, um, yeah, that sounds like a great movie. I've seen parts of it, like it's like the scene that Jack's talking about. Um, and but Which we're going to post, by the way, I think we're going to po- I don't know if it's on Christmas. It's late next week, right before Christmas. We're going to post that scene. Continue on, Courtney, at, at, at our website. Continue, Courtney. Oh, you're fine. No, uh, so <laughs> so after that, after that movie, I don't know if I can compare my movie suggestions are the, <laughs> you know, I'm an 80s. I, I'm an 80s child, and and I'm sure James remembers this. Like in the she's going to recommend Home Alone uh, to to counter James. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no like like in our, in, uh, you know when we were little, James. I don't know if your parents did this, but my parents they would record on VHS the most obscure Christmas movies that were like made for TV and. You know, in, in the 80s, you know, the 80s was one of the last decades where they still made sentimental, sweet, serious Christmas movies. It's like now everything has to be a comedy. Like ever since the 90s, everything has to be a comedy. And I think the 80s was the last time, you you know, you can go back and really find a bunch of gems. And some of the most obscure stuff, like the made-for-TV movies that my mom were, my mom and dad recorded for me, on these fuzzy, these now fuzzy VHS things. Um, oh, yes. You know, it's like, you know, it's like that, that's some of the best ones. And, um, and and that's just, those are some of my best memories of Christmas movies. And uh, one one of the ones I want to talk about has Jimmy Stewart in it, an old, an old Jimmy Stewart in it. It was made in 1980. It was made for TV, um, and it was put out by the Church of Latter-day Saints, and it's only 25 minutes long. And it is, I mean, it is a very, oh, my gosh. I mean, first of all, Jimmy Stewart, I think he was a great person. You can tell that he was a good Christian, and um, and um, he, he's just, you know, he's just a good person. Every movie he's in, I think, was was a good one. And 1980, you know, this movie I'm talking about, um, I think that was, you know, you know, right before his last days. But um, but he, uh, you know, it's like we all know, you know, when he was younger, he was in It's a Wonderful Life. And then, you know, and then so later on, you know, before his last days, he does this other movie and it's great very well very less well known but anyways the whole thing's on youtube it's called uh mr kruger's christmas and it's only 25 minutes long it has a very powerful christian message it's what christmas is all about and i cannot watch it without crying it, it is so um you know to give the gist of it without giving it away it's about it's kind of a reverse idea of a christmas carol it's where you know there's an old man jimmy stewart he lives all by himself and instead of being cranky and hating people you know like scrooge does in a christmas carol it's the reverse it's like he wants to be around people and he, he's alone. His wife died, a lot, you know, years and years ago. He lives alone in a basement. He's a janitor. And he's, he's always trying to, you know, become friends with people like Christmas carolers or random people in the store. And he's ignored a lot. And, you know, <laughs> he just lives alone. He, and, you know, he lives alone with his cat. And it is, it's a tearjerker. There's one scene where, wow. um, 
where he 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 talks to Jesus in one scene and um and it's just it has a happy ending and I just recommend it to everybody. It's on YouTube, Mr. Kruger's Christmas. It's only twenty five minutes long. Um, but I think did, Jack, did you want to say something? Um, well, I just wanted to thank you for recommending that, and and this is something that we can we can always do. And the danger that we have if you get it past a certain age is you live it completely in the past and you look around and you see popular TV or politics, which are admittedly pretty bad rap music or Harvey Weinstein, Bob Iger movies. Or, and, and so you just say, I don't even want to deal with it. I just want to just go back and keep watching the same movies. There are ones, but if you find someone like Courtney from Alabama that has some uh, suggestions of new movies that you haven't seen, or my suggestion is you look abroad for British and German, French, uh, and there you can read translation subtitles in color much easier than black and white. So it's not so hard. So this is something you can do. Like I haven't seen this movie, Mr. Kruger's uh, Christmas, and it's not that long. It's on a three-hour uh, movie. You can do that. You can do that. You can find something new. So I'm going to watch this. Uh, probably today, Mr. Kruger's Christmas. And if you have people that are just always going to do the same thing over and over, you fall into bad habits and you fall into bad habits of watching tackle football five days a week and thinking in politics. It can only be Democrat and Republican and everyone has to go on to Harvard. And everyone's got to be pro-Israel. And you, you become, you fall into ruts. So my suggestion is be open-minded. Some of my uh, recommendations, they might be a little bit more I don't know, high-end or foreign or something like that, but someone like Courtney from Alabama who's got her life together, has got beautiful children, she's going to have good taste in movies. So if she suggests something new, go go do it. Go watch it and just say, okay, yeah, we'll watch a classic Miss Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, but we're going to watch this new movie, and it's only 25 minutes. So that's something we, all of our listeners can do this Christmas. Do something new. It only takes 25 minutes. Yeah, and I'm assuming and imagining, and I certainly am certain, that Mr. Kruger's Christmas is not one of these modern-day Christmas movies. You know, was it you, Courtney, a moment ago that just said every Christmas movie now is a comedy? You know, and most of the time. Yeah. And some of them are okay. I mean, some of the Tim Allen stuff. I mean, it's, it's family stuff. I like uh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase and stuff like right. that. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the Christmas comedy, but the heartfelt stuff. Uh, that's a that's a different kind of Christmas movie. But then a lot of these Christmas movies, and I'm sure Mr. Kruger's Christmas isn't Freddy Krueger. They've got a lot of this this, this is new genre of Christmas horror movies now that have come out in recent years, like uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and who could forget the well, there's one with Jack yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Frost where he kills people with icicles, and then there's a movie called Elves. And I'll read the synopsis here. A department store Santa Claus discovers a neo-Nazi plot to mate a nice girl with an elf, and it's directed by a guy named Jeffrey Mandel. So this is this is how the people who run Hollywood are part of the war on on Christmas that that people like John Derbyshire and John and Peter Brimlow and John O'Sullivan have ta talked about. It's an open war on Christmas because it's our tradition, it's our holiday, it's our religion. If we had something else, they'd attack us. But that's what it is. And people say, "Well, I don't understand why they're doing that." Well, it's easy to understand. There are different people that, that resents us, is envious of us, and hates us, and that's why they're desecrating Confederate graves. That's why they're taking down statues, and that's why they're doing the war on Christmas. Okay, they hate us. So okay, so that's that's what it is, and don't think it's anything <laughs> else. You know? <laughs> that's, 
you know, I figured that one out. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the beginning of it and the end of it as far as that part of the conversation is concerned. But uh, in any event, now Jack, you had some other movies as well, though. In addition to the, and it's just I, I'm like you. Uh, it is it is difficult to watch those World War II movies. I mean, right, but yeah, well, that was a World War One. Well, yeah. but, I uh, mean, the classic ones that you watch, I mentioned Miracle on 31st Street um, and Bells of St. Mary's is uh, with Bing Crosby, a Catholic priest that sort of his parish is kind of shutting down. That's when they, they, the, the owners of Hollywood have always been kind of the same, but we had more influence and there was Catholic influence. We, they pushed through the Hayes Code and you couldn't do hardcore porn and stuff. So there was a market for movies with a Catholic uh, theme bells of St. Mary's and uh, they're very lovely. And who was the the um, the nun that was in that? It was a beautiful um, Ingrid Bergman, maybe maybe in it. Just a, a, a tremendous one. Obviously, the uh, Frank Copper is a wonderful life. But I would just say something about Frank Copper. Sometimes a lot too often people think that Frank Copper movies, it's a wonderful life. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mr. Deeds goes to town. Are just rah rah America. America's great. Good for that. It's not like that. It's not like a uh, Toby Keith uh, pro-war movie, just like, you know, go for it. He shows America that's corrupt and it's big business and big government are cruel and, and rough and bad. And they can destroy the small businessman. And it's only by some short work of regular good Americans that they save the day. Like uh, um, what Mr. Smith, uh, uh, it's a wonderful life. That guy was ready to commit. He tried to commit suicide. And he, it's almost one, it's during the depression when our country could have gone communist and, but it, we got through it. But so it's a highly, highly, but you can't overwatch it. Uh, but I, I, obviously the Frank Copper movies are fantastic. It's a wonderful life is just amazing. And it will bring tears to the, even the toughest uh, man's eyes. All right, Courtney, back to you. Other recommendations, other thoughts, other things you want to share with the audience? Yeah, uh, Jack, yeah. Jack just mentioned, um, you know, even the toughest man could, could watch those movies and cry. And that's how I feel about uh, Mr. Kruger's Christmas. Um, yeah, I just encourage everybody to watch it. It, it. You know, even, you know, if you're a male in the audience and you're worried about it being too sappy, um, it has Jimmy Stewart in it, so that's a good reason for a man to watch it. I mean, he, you can't go wrong with Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> and, you know, put out by the LDS Church, it is a wonderful movie. It's what Christmas is all about. You ha- Everybody has to watch it. Um, and uh, let's see, what other VHS tapes can I pull out from my <laughs> It's like, it's all... It's all it's all that was the really easiest talks. way to get a movie. I did that through the through the 90s. You, you see a movie that's on TV, and back then it was real easy. You pop one of these VHS cassettes into your VCR, and you push record, and you're recording whatever's on TV, and you got the movie. So, yeah, that was a great and genius way to, uh, to get something that you could watch again and again. And I got a lot of those home VHSs of stuff like you're describing right now uh, with the fuzz and all. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was another movie. You know, my it's not not quite as serious, but there was another '80s movie. It's another one. I feel like I'm the only person who's seen it. Um, it was called Santa Claus the Movie, um, and it was probably the it was probably you know at the time when it came out, it was probably kind of big. It had John Lithgow in it and Dudley Moore, and um, yeah, those I, are two I'm big name sure. actors. Yeah, somebody had, sure. if they were both in it, somebody had to see it. 
Right, right. And and I think at the time it was big, um, but for some reason, I guess it kind of got buried in the past, especially now that all these other Santa Claus movies have come out. But I got to tell you, um, you know, the first half of the movie is a little more serious because it starts off with the history of Santa Claus. He starts off like in a village in Norway. Um, him and Mrs. Claus just go around the village giving out toys to little kids. And this is like in the 1100s or 1200s. And then he gets picked. He gets picked. I think I think it's Father Christmas who appears to him. He gets picked as the chosen one to be Santa for all the Christian children around the world. And it takes you through this whole montage through all the centuries where, you know, he's you know, there's Christmas music playing in the background. And it shows it shows an hourglass where it shows all the centuries passing passing by up to the 1980s. And, um, you know, and, and everybody, you know, all these settings, all these kids that he's visiting, you know, they're typically, you know, they're mostly white. Like there's one scene where he goes to Revolutionary War America, like that period. And um, and it's just it's just a very it's probably the most well done movie I've ever seen depicting the history of Santa Claus. Like the first half of the movie is really good. But then when it gets to the modern era, the 1980s, um it's mostly set in New York City at that point, and I think that part is good, too. I mean, that's when John Lithgow comes in. He's kind of this evil toy maker who's competing with Santa and everything. And so the, the movie kind of takes a different turn, and that might be why it has a lower rating, because I, I, I guess a lot of people think the movie has an identity crisis. I don't know. But I, I think overall it's a good movie with a good message. It takes Santa seriously instead of, you know, poking fun at him and making him a comedian it takes him seriously and there's a lot of good messages in it again about what christmas is supposed to be about there's great music in it um and so i just don't know why it's not more well known <laughs> but well um, th this is i know jack was saying he wants to watch some of your recommendations how can people get a hold of it are you going to make a bootleg of your bootleg and send it to chicago for jack or is it available anywhere <laughs> Well, well, Mr. Kruger's Christmas is definitely on YouTube. As far as Santa Claus the movie, you, you can pay for it on YouTube. Um, okay. And oh, who? Okay, who was the guy that was in? Uh, oh gosh, what's that comedy from the '90s that all the a lot of guys like it? Um, it's about bowling and. Um, Big Lebowski. Uh, what's that? Yes. Yes. Okay, the guy, the guy that plays the the guy that sits in a wheelchair in the mansion. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that is that the Big guy. Lebowski in the movie, but I don't know his name. David Huddleston, I think. That's right. He, That's right. He plays Santa in this movie, and he, to me, he's the best Santa ever. He he. Oh man. So he he plays a great Santa, and the Mrs. Claus uh, does a great job. Um, you know, she's very supportive of Santa, you know, submissive, and she just always has this little smile on her face. She's played by, she's played by a British actor. She's just, she's just, she's the cutest thing. And then, um, and of course, this is all in the early 80s. And then Dudley Moore plays one of the elves, and John Lithgow is the evil toy maker. But it's a good thing. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's well cast, especially for those roles with those particular actors. I can see them in those roles even without it. Uh, not having seen the movie. Courtney, I want to thank you for your contribution to this show, as always. Jack, final word to you. we got about 30 seconds. Okay, well, I was just hoping during this Christmas uh, era in that a truce of the World of One, maybe we could have a truce in Gaza. The IDF troops and the Islamists <laughs> would have a Christmas 
soup to stop slaughtering, you're probably not very likely. But hey, come on, we could we could always hope for it. But Christmas I think they canceled all of our listeners, and and we've been through work. Look at the bad things we went through. We're still doing good, and look at the beautiful photos of Courtney from Alabama and James's family. Gorgeous children, good hair too. Like uh, hey. James's children have great hair, much better than the fathers. So. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and you always say, Jack, could be worse, could be raining. They canceled Christmas at Bethlehem. We'll talk to you all.